on a June night in 1980. Friday the 13th, 12 of her friends were murdered. Why should Friday the 13th, 1981, be any different? Friday the 13th, part two, rated R. Howdy, y'all. It's Cinema Parlor. I'm Nolan. <laughs> Stacy Glover. Melanie Daniels. And you're listening to Cinema Parlor. Hey, Nolan, fuck you. <laughs> you, you see how I did the intro? I mean, yeah. It didn't... Uh, I mean, it was great. You did a good job. I don't believe you. Well... Let me do something proper real quick. <laughs> Happy Halloween season, my lovelies. It's that time, y'all. We're back. Week two of spooky Halloween season movie Too watching. Breathy. I'm breathy. A lot of people like that. Do you all like my voice? <laughs> you start an OnlyFans. Well, someday. ASMR OnlyFans. Yeah. Well, it's a goal of mine. We've got another good movie to talk about today. Melanie, what are we drinking for today's episode? Today we're having a campfire mule. You want to do one and a half ounce of, if you're doing non-alcoholic, the Seedlip 94. If you're doing alcohol, your choice of bourbon. What I did is the Knob Creek Smoke Maple, which we used a lot last year as well during our Halloween episodes. It's so nice. It's really warm and it's wonderful. Nolan, in yours, since you didn't have the maple in there, I did a little bit of maple syrup. I made a toasted marshmallow simple syrup, normal simple syrup recipe. So I always do half cup brown sugar, half cup granulated sugar, six large marshmallows on a skewer. If you have a kitchen torch or a gas stove, you want to toast them first Put them in after the water's been boiling and you've been stirring your simple mm -hmm. syrup. Put those bad boys in, let them totally dissolve, and then you're going to strain your simple syrup, put it in a glass container, stays for two weeks. This simple syrup is probably my favorite one I've done. It's oh, yeah. super tasty. And then if you want to get extra fancy, you want to do a garnish of a toasted marshmallow. I didn't do that because I didn't know if you guys wanted to have toasted marshmallow in your drink yeah, anyways. That's all right. That's not, I mean, I like toasted marshmallows, but it seems like that would have been a weird texture thing. Yeah. I'm and more then, of a hot dog guy. In your drink? As a garnish. You huh. also want to do four ounces of ginger beer. And I always do the spicy, spiciest ginger beer I can find. Mm -hmm. So this drink is delicious and it's really pretty. I did a little dash of some red edible luster dust. So it gives it a little bit of a sheen. It's pretty nice. My yeah. drink's delicious. It's really, really well done, Melanie. Thank you. Great job, as always. For this week's episode, we're going to be discussing Friday the 13th, part two. This is a big one. As uh, most of you know that listen to us, we have slowly been going through all the Friday the 13th movies, and we are on part two for this Halloween season. Should it be noted that we're not going through them chronologically because <laughs> <laughs> we made it to part two. We, we've got a bunch of old episodes you can listen to. I think at some point, especially now that we have slightly better setup, we're probably going to have to redo some, but eventually we'll start doing other camp horror films, I think, for Friday the 13th. 1981, directed by Steve Miner. Hardly newer. Uh, had to get that in. Uh Stacy, you have any <laughs> background information for us? The original Friday the 13th, which 
was cashing in on the success of Halloween. Paramount wanted to get in on that. They made a fuck ton of money with that poorly made film. And they're like, well, let's run it back. So originally, Friday the 13th was supposed to be an anthology series, just like the Halloween was intended to be. They were going to do a movie every year or so, and it would be a different horror thing, an event for the kids to go see. But one of the producers, Phil Scootery, uh, one of three owners of Esquire Theaters, along with Steve Minnison and Bob Barasimian, who produced the original film, insisted that the sequel have Jason Voorhees. So the original film included child Jason, which you guys were very confused on at the beginning of the, this movie. No, 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 no. We'll That's, get to you're it. framing incorrectly of how we were discussing this. Part Nolan of it just, framed it that Jason was a mythical, magical water breathing creature that aged to a man from a boy in a matter of five years. No, initially we thought it was a matter of two months, three mm-hmm. months, couple months. Yeah. yeah. He, after his mom died, that's when, uh, you know, he really sprouted his wings and uh, that little boy just magically turned into a uh, terrorizing the nightman. Well, he's lumbering. Something. He's not. He, I don't know. He doesn't have a lot of fine motor skills. He doesn't. Mm-mm. His He's really bad at building structures, mm-hmm. yeah. although he might have running water. Might I say pretty crafty. Uh, anyways, so they wanted to bring Jason back, even though it was a joke ending for the original film. The rest is movie history. A lot of Friday the 13th. So Steve Miner, he helped out with uh, the production on the first film. They used a lot of the crew from the first film. And Steve Miner uh, made his directorial debut. And I will say that I find Steve Miner's direction supremely better than old Cunningham. Sean's kind of bad at making movies. It's a really well shot film. And there's a lot of things that I don't think would, well, I know aren't in other slasher films, but especially for the time. Friday the 13th, part two, 1981, directed by Steve Miner. The body count continues, all in caps, five years after the horrible bloodbath at Camp Crystal Lake. It seems Jason Voorhees and his demented mother are in the past. Paul opens up a new camp close to the infamous site, ignoring warnings to stay away, and a sexually charged group of counselors follow, including child psychologist Major Jenny. But Jason has been hiding out all this time, and now he's ready for revenge. Our cast, Amy Steele as Jenny, Stuart Charno as Ted, Kirsten Baker as Terry, Warrington Gillette as Jason, Lauren Marie Taylor as Vicky, John Fury as Paul, Adrian King as Alice, Walt Gorney as Crazy Ralph, uh, Tom McBride as Mark, Marta Cobra as Sandra. Uh, there's a few more, but I think that, that probably does Hold it. on. Okay. Betsy Palmer, she comes back uh, to yes. shoot some yeah. more scenes yeah. in this series that she hates. Warrington Gillette as Jason. So that is him unmasked at the end of the film. There's a different stuntman that plays Jason with the mask on. And that's Steve bag, Dasku- Daskowiz, Baghead, yep. Zach Boy. Are we ready to get in this thing? Yeah. The film starts. We get a recap of part one through the eyes of our lone survivor from the first film. Alice. Alice. Alice thank you. Alice with the good hair. So, yes, uh, some of the most unfortunate hair. I'm sure a lovely person. Just look, it was, it's bad hair. 
Uh, so yeah, so we have a recap of the first movie as she's laying in bed, floundering and dreaming. I guess dreams she's of real having dreams. Some, some some night terrors. Yeah, as this was going on, I think Melanie was like, "I'd be all right if this was just like the first movie, just yeah. all this." And I was like, "Yeah, that's that's fair." And I I feel bad because I know a lot of people really love that first film, and we're such we are haters of that first film. And I, I do like it, but I don't ever want to watch it. I always prefer to watch part two because I get just enough of the first and then I'm on to a better film. If you don't ever want to watch it, would you say that you like it? I like the idea of it. You know, marzipan. I don't really love the flavor. I love the idea of it and it smells great. So mm-hmm. do I love it? I don't know. <laughs> so when we started this movie... There was a lot of talk and confusion, not only about (laughs) how Alice is affording this five bedroom, two story house, but also on the timeline itself. Mm -hmm. I looked up a timeline which clears up a lot of stuff. And I I imagine that this is information that's covered in the novelization. Mm. So this is two months after the end of the first film. Alice's dream sequence, her her nightmares. Two months after she was. Yes. The beginning of this film is two months after the end of the first film. Okay. So she has moved back to Crystal Lake. Makes perfect sense. This house is at Crystal Lake. Bad choice. It's an apartment that she's renting to deal with the trauma of what happened to her in the first film, even though it's against her parents' wishes. Now, we only get ancillary clues to what's happening Via a phone call um, with her mom. Yes, yeah. the phone call with her mom, the dreams. But that's really it. They don't really give you that. And you don't need that much information. Always assume before reading the timeline that Jason came to her house. But that's not mm-hmm. true. I thought he was rock and rolling cross country. Mm-hmm. I don't know where she was, but he was like, yeah. girl, you got away. And no one gets away from my I, machete. I'm a bit more upset now that she didn't get killed by little child Jason. Okay, so... To help clear this up for you, Known, the end of the first movie (laughs) is a dream. (laughs) There is no little child Jason. Has has it been confirmed? Nothing on this series is confirmed. Why can't I just have my belief that it's a magical sea creature? Nolan, what he just said is it's been agreed upon. You obviously didn't agree upon shit. That's true. So you can continue on with the journey that he's an amphibian. I'm going to keep that journey. Contrarian. I believe in certain things like underwears that other people don't wear. And that is so vague. What do you even mean? by? He's talking about the magic Mormon underwear. We've talked about this before. He doesn't know a lot about Mormonism. Mm -hmm. He just remembers the underwear Mm -hmm. and he knows Mitt Romney might have a lot of kids and wives. He doesn't know. And the other thing that I also know is I like to have premarital relations with another person on my bed causing the thing oh, to happen. You want to so soaking? He's That's talking about right. soaking and then is do they call it jumping? Mm-hmm. There's okay. another word for mm-hmm. it where what you're describing this is derailing already. Mm-hmm. We're not mm-hmm. that far yeah. in. But you're I'm a soaker, okay? There's there would be a man soaking upon a woman I assume and then you have your other Mormon buddy jump on the bed mm-hmm. so that it simulates in and out. He is causing it to happen. But not me. he's not actually, it's there's not no me. actual, I mean, there's full penetration. He's but causing you're not, my dick to come. You're not thrusting. And, and one may say that uh, this is no dumber than eating a cracker and that's acting as the flesh of a man. It's all the same kind of yeah. potato, potato. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
The original movie takes place in 1979. This movie takes place five years later. When does the original film come out, though? So we're you have to. The original film comes out in 1980. Yes. So this film is 81. So the first film, 1980, but it's taking place in 78. I think 79. 79. Okay, sorry. And then this is five years later. Not the events that happened at the beginning of this film. That's within the same year. So that's 79. Yes. So adult Jason is adult Jason in 1979. He's not a magical creature. Wrong. (laughs) Because as you'll recall in the timeline, part three has a flashback where our heroine gets attacked by Jason. Again. Before the second movie happens. It's allegedly. We don't know. Because movie two, three, and four all happen in a three day span. This eventually is a five year span. And this takes place Mm -hmm. in 1984. The majority of the film. The majority of the film. The opening takes place in 79. Got it. Okay. After the recap of part one, uh, Jason eventually gets his revenge on Alice for killing his mom. He's saved his mom's head this whole time. Yeah. Just for this. Well, it's two months, I guess. I think it's kind of weird that he carries it with him and puts it in her fridge. Question. Was he actually trying to scare her or was he just trying to to preserve it? He might not even have the shack yet. Mm. He might just be. Yeah, because this is we don't know what he's done in these five years. He's in the lake. So we don't Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He had to preserve it. Yeah. I think that he already has the shack. Okay. I think he's been living in the woods since he's. He died in 58. Well, you're saying a lot of things that we can't prove. (laughs) I mean, you can't prove any of it. We can't. R.I.P. Alice. She had a good run. (laughs) We move ahead. Now comes our five-year period. What do you guys think of them dispatching the lead of the last film, like, so early on? Do we like that? I'm fine with it. I do like Alice, but I'm fine with her. I really like the cast of kids that we have in this film. I wouldn't want her to... I don't need anything else. I'm fine with that being our introduction. Works really well. So yeah, I don't mind it. I'm with you. And we've already got Ralph as a as a doomsdayer. You know, we, we don't we need another Harvard character yeah. to warn us of these things. Yeah, because what would her I mean, if she's tying into this, she'd go back to the camp and be like, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I'm glad that she. But I think it's a good way to introduce Jason to the series. Yeah. yeah. We meet a new cast of characters here. Five years have passed. We see a couple of our characters right off the bat and they are headed to. A camp that is right by Camp Crystal Lake. The camp is on Mm -hmm. Crystal Lake. Camp Crystal Lake is Camp Blood. Crystal Lake is not just the camp. And this camp is Mm -hmm. on Crystal Lake, but it's not Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah, this is Camp. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is Camp Pancake. Or an indigenous name. As we meet a couple of our characters, uh, as we run into Ralph, and I'm glad that he's still kicking and for, alive for at this a limited amount of time moment. i wish ralph didn't die the i wish this series i wish made. he was in every movie until the actor passed away camp pakanak ralph uh, lets them know they're all doomed they didn't listen to me you're all doomed i'm okay with ralph dying god <laughs> it's my load i'm okay i didn't need to, <laughs> i didn't need to tell that already no you you're upset it's okay i am so yes they don't listen to him that that was bound to happen uh we do get an introduction to all of our characters the I don't know. Are these camp counselors like I'm a little confused in this one because yes. like they're just getting ready for the camp. Is that correct? Yeah. Everybody I've, I've already announced earlier when we did <laughs> our summary of the movie. Paul is the guy in charge. We meet all the kids that are there for the summer. I just had to point out as I was writing this down that I just love that Ralph is here. I miss his presence in every Friday the 13th film that he's not in. That night after everyone has met and they all get together, Paul 
decides to tell everybody about camp and the massacre that happened on the Friday the 13th, five years before. What do we think of these kids? Good vibes, I think. I love this cat. Like, that's that's one of the reasons I like this movie so much is I think the kids are really good. You said that, is it Scott? Like, the Mm dark-haired boy? You're like, yeah, he's a good shithead. He's really not that shitty, even. They're all pretty sweet. He steals clothes. He's just like a regular teenage... Rascal. Rascal boy. Nowadays, Mm -hmm. that's assault. Her reaction, she's not mad about it. It is definitely something that in our age that people we went to school would have done. Different times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pretty solid, I think, too. Like, it's a good group of teenagers. I do like the cast from four a little bit more. All of the kids are likable, and I wouldn't say all of the kids are likable in four. So, yeah, I think with four, that cast is top heavy. The best shine real bright, but this cast I feel has depth. I yeah I agree. I, my thing I guess is I four is my favorite, so I'm going to be partial. I like all these people, but nobody stands out to me here besides I, Jenny. Yeah, I don't remember anybody here other than like I remember deaths. I guess none of their characterizations stand out to me. It's a good cast though. They're likable. Like, They're just likable. Yeah, we meet everyone. We hear about uh, what happened. Five years before, and how Jason is now out for revenge because of what happened to his dear mother. It's really good exposition. It quickly explains everything. So you get that nice intro where you see all the footage from the first film, and then this setup from Paul by the fireside. It's really nice. And then, because of this, you get the perfection of an intro that four is, where they use Paul's story to give you the story of Jason with the the scenes from the first three movies cut in. It's so good. Yeah, I would say that's an even better scene because of the because way it's of used. This. Yeah. Stacy, you mentioned like kind of as the as we meet the characters a little bit and stuff, objects, props, different things are used here to show what's going to happen later in the movie. A very practical. Use. Yes. I um and we also skipped over bears and menstruation. Mm. <laughs> For some reason this viewing was a big point of topic. About our friends in the forest. Among other things, this is bear country. And contrary to what everybody hears, bears are dangerous. That means no food fights. Change often. Food orders cling to clothing. If you're a woman, don't use perfume. And uh, keep clean during your menstrual cycle. I read somewhere that their periods attract bears. The bears can smell the menstruation. Well, that's just great. You hear that, Ed? Bears. Now you're putting the whole station in jeopardy. One of the very cool things about this movie, it's actually pretty well written for one of these movies. Oh, insanely well written for one of these films. It sets up everything. All smoking guns are kind of explained and used. You know, the chainsaw, she's just using it as one does, but then it comes into play later. She's done doing what she's doing and she's going to actually put it away but she leaves it where it is because she gets her attention gets pulled elsewhere. So, and it just stays there until she needs it again. It's everything is very smartly placed. Yeah. And and with the car, like that becomes such a major plot point. And I feel like so many horror movies don't explain like why the car is not starting or, you know, how you get a heroine into a car and not successfully escape. Yeah. And this film does it in a way where, it's you just see it. And if you're not looking for it, you won't even remember that it happened. Mm-hmm. It's you'd have to be paying attention to catch these things. 
And it's just so, it's simple. It doesn't take any time to explain any of it. It's just showing you. I also really, during this time period that you're talking about, Known, I really enjoyed the edit where you get uh, Muffin going into the woods and then you get the quick cut to them doing hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> what I've got written down next is we have our first Jason kill that is happening here in the camp, and that's Mr. Ralph. Do you want to take a minute? Uh, pour one out for Ralph. <laughs> Paul and Jenny, they are together in a relationship here. Can I ask you something? Yes. What is your ideal Ralph usage further into the series? I understand like the, you know, doomsayer and stuff, but I'm saying at what point in the series do you think it would have been appropriate for him to have been taken out? At what point do you think a death would be worthy of Ralph? Um, I don't want to answer for you, Nolan, mm -hmm. but wouldn't it be appropriate if he sacrificed himself for one of these dumbass kids that he, he finally mm. saves one because he doesn't really save. That's true. I mean, he he just, usually does save. He one just warns him and then he just likes like his death. Like it's it's appropriate that he's like trying to watch some fucking happening. He's being a creep. Sure. Uh, I said he saved people. He doesn't save anybody. I realize that. I, but sure. I think, I think the appropriate death for him would have been dying in part eight and then uh, him Whoa. reappearing in hell because uh, uh, him and Jason are obviously mortal, uh, enemies. mortal enemies. And then he shows back up in the future timeline to be in X in space as a cyborg of sorts. Now, yes, these Can things. Can I tell you what I'm picturing is just like Futurama where they have the heads and the bats, <laughs> but his, his yeah. hat mm -hmm. is on top oh, of the vat. I love it so much. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, it's little, it's Ralph, but underneath just doomsayer. Yeah. Or, you know, something of that. Harbinger. Mm -hmm. some, yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any, if they continue to do Nolan's, Ralph. No, no, no. I'm, I would watch that movie. <laughs> I think it that makes many of them significantly worse. But also, I think it makes some of them significantly better. Okay. Well. You got to take it. 50-50. Take the good, you know? take the bad. You know, I. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anything after part six, if Ralph is showing up randomly, like, okay, mm -hmm. that's fine. Mm -hmm. I don't part see how seven. he could mm. carry. How fucking old is Ralph by the time that, you know, Jason's fighting next? Wait, men? so in seven, what year, what year is it in, in the world? 1990. What, what does he do? He, 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 he pedals a, around. He lives in the woods. No, no, no. How, how does he maintain his existence? Is we, he government we, money? We Is he? He's, he's likely on some sort of disability. Yeah, and he lives off the land. He also, when Jason's out <laughs> he killing, forages. yeah, he forges. When when Jason's <laughs> out killing, he hangs out at his shanty shack. Oh shit! And what happened? I'm just thinking of your stupid ideas and how it could work. It's good to tie the series well, together. It's like, good. What if Ralph had? Jason. The Jason Mansion in nine, and mm. he was the keeper of the dagger. Oh, mm. see, I thought you were gonna say, "What if, what if he was Jason's dad?" Which is not—it's mm. that's what you said is better. So Jason's dad that shows up in yeah. six. <laughs> I, the ending of six or five? Nah, uh, I don't know. I can't. One remember. of those. He doesn't actually show up. It's a deleted scene. I think it's. I think it might be five. No, it's six. Doesn't matter. Continue. Mm -hmm. Sorry. No, it's okay. Just because <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of daddy stuff in six. Yeah. You know, I've got nothing more to say other than we just. We he died too early. Okay. But he died doing what he loved. He did. Which was being a creep. Yeah. And you <laughs> I think you asked me if he died with an erection. And I said, absolutely. It was likely. Yeah. Probably. Um, Ralph watches 
he loves to watch and he died while watching. Ralph, you, you're like missed, man. <sighs> okay. Let me pull it together and the good. brightest lights burn out the fastest. At that they do. You're going to care blood, ain't you? God damn it, Ralph. Get out of here. Go on, get. Leave people alone. You'll never come back again. Oh, shut up, Ralph. It's got a death curse. He's a real prophet of doom, ain't he? You kind of get some coupling going here. Like Terry and Scott, they're not really a thing, but like Scott wants it to be a thing. She's not interested at all. Who wouldn't want it to be a thing? Oh, you? I mean, for Terry, people wanting to be with Terry, yes. Mm -hmm. Scott is handsome. I'm not saying he's... He's cute he's, enough. He's not doing anything wrong. Sure. I don't... She might not be into Scott. Mm -hmm. She might be into... Jenny, we don't know, mm -hmm. but she's not, she's not at all interested yeah. in Is anything. Terry far and away the best looking woman that's been in any of these movies. She's really cute. I think the twins are really cute, mm. but yeah, I think so. And I love, oh shoot. I can't remember her name right now, which is awful. Part three. Um, mm. I think she's really cute. The main girl. I know who you're talking The about. only yeah. other I can think of is like Kelly Hugh and eight, but not with that hair. Yeah. Yeah. I would say Terry's. She's very pretty. She's I got really, a cute tush. I really like, uh, maybe, I don't know if we're thinking of the same lady or, I don't know if we're thinking of the same lady, but the- Mickey Mouse. Yeah, well, the one in shirt. three. I think it's three. Oh, yeah, the yeah. one that also goes skinny dipping, but- Oh, no, no, no. That's four. That's four. That's four. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, is that one of the twins? No, no, no. No, that's- You're no. thinking of the- Man, I'm all over. Sorry. Yeah, but she's really- All the girls in four are pretty cute. Yeah, that's true. All right. No, I no. just can't remember her name, and she's one of my favorite final girls, and I talk about her all the time. I just can't remember it right now. Chris. 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 Yeah. Chris. Oh, Chris is good. There you go. Yeah. I think she's a super cute. And Ginny is very cute, too, but if we're talking, I mean, Terry, it's the eyes. It's mm -hmm. the body, body, body. Yeah, mm -hmm. she's a cutie. Mm -hmm. Terry, as Stacy mentioned earlier, has a dog, Little Muffin. We're led to believe early on here that Muffin gets taken, killed by Jason because two other characters have gone off into the woods and they see a mangled corpse of a dog. Well, and then later they ha there's a line where they're like, should we tell Terry what we found? <laughs> yeah. Because mm -hmm. she's looking for her dog and they're like, we didn't see anything. Jeff That's and Sandra. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff and Sandra. Thank you. 16 year old Sandra. Ugh. Actually, 16 year old Sandra. Yeah. We How do you think Jason would re Sorry, I no, just had absolutely. the realization. Jason's definitely never seen, I'm sure he's seen a dog, mm -hmm. but he's definitely never seen a Shih Tzu with a little ribbon mm -hmm. in its hair. Do you think he was like, what is it? Yeah. What is it? That's why Can I, didn't, I eat it. I mean, I'm kind of surprised he didn't kill it, but also like maybe he has something inside of it. Well, we don't know if he didn't kill it actually well, because it that dog is implied to be Muffin and what true. you're thinking of mm -hmm. is heavily implied to be a dream sequence. No, that's fair. Well, uh, the, the dream sequences get me. If we know anything, I don't believe in dream sequences in these movies. So therefore, <laughs> Muffin, Muffin did not die. Muffin lived, baby. For me. Oh, so in the timeline, Officially, the end of this film, the dream sequence isn't a dream. It happens, oh. and the boyfriend is like dismembered. Mm. Weird. I've so always I bet heard that's that all in the a, novelization. Yeah, I've not read. I don't think I've read a. No, I've read one of these. I think I've read six. So, from my understanding, 
I always thought the end was a, a dream, and that kind of explains why Jason looks the way he does in three, what she thinks he would look like. Yeah, I I've always thought the end of this, him jumping through the window was a dream. Mm-hmm. Muffin coming in. But mm-hmm. Nolan, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be. I'm gonna I'm gonna do me. You do you. Mm-hmm. As uh, those two were out in the woods seeing the mutilated dog, the sheriff enters the picture and he is upset because he saw them out on Camp Blood's property. He's told Paul he's got to keep those kids away from that property. So he tells him, I wrote down, uh, I love the New York Yankees ball cap that Paul (laughs) is wearing in this scene. Pretty, pretty fly. I also like the withholding dessert punishment line. Next, what I have written down is uh, after the sheriff leaves, I guess he, he, Believes he sees Jason or <laughs> it's actually a really funny the way it looks is kind of funny to me. Jason like is in the road and he he like shambles out into mm-hmm. the ditch or the side of the road. It looked like he was kind of baiting the police officer. He might just be shambling along, not knowing that there's someone coming. How often do you think that police officer has arrested Ralph for doing that sort of shit? <sighs> oh, obviously a lot for I- sure. Arrest is a strong word. I feel like he's probably taken Ralph to the cell and been like, sleep it off. Yeah, yeah. it's like a Andy Griffith. Yeah, it's, it's Otis very, situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very just we're keeping you for you're, a couple you're hours. Gonna, you're going to just sleep off your the your, your drunkness. You came with Otis, by oh, the yeah. way. I was, I was really impressed, mm-hmm. actually. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I just had Andy Griffith show. I didn't know the character. I'm a scholar on Mayberry. No, I watched a lot of Mayberry staying home sick, so I... I'm there with you. <laughs> so, yeah, we get this uh, ridiculous scene of uh, the sheriff running through the woods um, after Jason. I don't know. It's a really funny scene. <laughs> it's, like, I've never noticed how long this scene goes on until we got the giggles about yeah. it because he kept stopping. <gasps> it was so ridiculous. Great. It kind of. <laughs> I, I, I kind of wonder if Whenever the part he got to the we say a babbling brook. It he, There's a there's a puddle of water yeah. and he stops and he's like. <laughs> jump, jump. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it's so similar to what they do in Wet Hot American Summer when Ken Marino's running back it's, to get laid. It's exactly because that. he does the jump thing over so over an obstacle. Yeah. He's just running and stopping, running and stopping. Kind of wonder. Yeah, that's really you good. Could, you could do a side by side easily. <laughs> I'm sure Marcus has already done it. So, yeah, that's a great scene. Uh, and it ends with the sheriff finding Jason's little shack. He realizes someone's been living uh, in this space and they've got a toilet. Yep. A lot of, lot of stuff going on here. And as he's looking through it, uh, well, the scene ends with him taking, he he goes in the no, no room. Oh yes, exactly. The, the sanctuary. And that ends with him taking the back of a hammer to the skull. (laughs) And um, yeah, sheriff doesn't make it. No hammer claw. Yeah. So sheriff's done. Next up, I have Terry going skinny dipping. Yep. A great scene. We see no, her. You were really concerned. You were concerned about why is this girl well, going skinny dipping alone? I did. I you was were, a little concerned about it because it is. It's, it's dark. dark. There's no. And she is yeah. by herself. I guess Stacy made a good point. You know, she just maybe she just wanted. She was she was feeling warm. Just wanted to. I get I don't how know. skinny dipping would be refreshing, and I sure. understand she wasn't wearing undergarments, so she just took off her mm-hmm. shirt and her pants. Right. That's not the problem. But it is there is a gaggle of kids in this place, mm-hmm. and she's just like Terry's going alone. 
Yeah. Muffin's gone. She's just got to mm-hmm. swim it off. It was just, it, it's a strange, it was a strange choice. That's yeah. all I'm saying. She's not alone for long. Mm-hmm. And because our boy Scott comes in, steals she her clothes. Comes sniffing around. And she's like, Scott. And, uh, you know, he's like, <laughs> and uh, there's this back and forth. And then he takes a little step backwards and uh, he steps in a rope trap has been placed by Paul, I'm assuming. A I snare think. trap? Yeah. He gets for the bears. <laughs> yeah, for the Sorry. bears. So he is, uh, he's in a little uh, pickle. He's upside down. Yeah. Terry uh, is like, okay, I'll help you. I've got something to cut the rope with in my dorm. As she goes to do that, Jason appears. One note, there are several shots of Terry just looking through the room. Yeah, I really like the one. It's like she checks two things and she's kind of out of the shot and then her head pops up. Yeah, that one. It's a good shot. Where she comes up and she's... There's a lot of times where she's walking directly towards the camera. It looks great. A lot of yeah. good camera movement in this movie, too. Yeah. As as she goes to get um, a cutting instrument, Jason uses his own and finishes off Scott and cuts him in the neck. Scott doesn't make it. He's our next victim to fall to the hands of Jason. It's at this point where I'm going to I've talked a lot here. I'm going to let <laughs> you guys do some talking because my notes are scarce for a little while because I had some pizza. Did we mention that half of the group left to go to a bar? We did not. Yes, that's yeah. Im- that's, so that's kind of what sets up this night of carnage. Uh, most of the group is at the bar. Yeah, and that's why this film has a pretty low body count as far as. Yeah, not not everybody bites it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's most like of the, seven or eight yeah. people I die. Say low, but it's there were a ton Low-er. of people. Yeah, there were a ton of people at the camp, and most of them go to the bar, including yeah. for a time, Paul and Ginny. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so they're all gone. We get a little so like when everybody's at the bar, we get a scene where all the rest of the kids are in. I don't know the main. I'd say like a commons. Yeah, like a their commons cabin. Yeah, yeah, and they're playing some games, hanging out. We've got. Mark doing some arm wrestling. Another one of the the guys we've got. um, It's Jeff. Wait, Jeff and Sandra. I think that's right. Yeah, it is too. Jeffrey. Jeff and Sandra. Jeff and Sandra. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we've got Mark and the girl that he is pursuing. Mark and Vicky, Jeff and Sandra. Mm -hmm. I would not say that Mark is pursuing Vicky. I don't know what his deal is. He or maybe that's part of the game is that he's acting completely disinterested. Too and cool she, for school. She is heavily. She's into it. Heavily well, flirting. He is training. He brings that up multiple times. And if we know anything about training, women weaken the legs. They do. Mm. But the joke there. What about when? No. Is he is no. in a wheelchair? No, it's not. These so the four of them are kind of huddled up and then Scott and uh, Terry are elsewhere. Obviously, right. We don't their whole situation is yeah. taking so, place since we've taken this small break to explain the mm-hmm. geography of everyone. <laughs> right. Terry at this point is killed off screen, which I think is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of Terry. I'm fine that mm-hmm. she's not exploited in her death, too. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the kids couple off. Mark and Vicky, Vicky has to do some preparations. Wait, hang on. There's something else weird that happens that I've also never really taken into consideration until this viewing. Jeff and Sandra go into the next room uh-huh. for what we're going to at least 15 to 30 minutes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So they've just been making out in a in mm-hmm. a room next to the room that uh, Mark and Vicky are what in. What they would have called in the olden days as necking. Yeah, they're, but they're necking and canoodling. It's an open doorway. 
So anyone can just walk. Why would you not have just gone up to the room? What are you doing? Counterpoint. How many house parties have you been to where you've seen people getting frisky with each other when there are rooms with doors right next to them? Can I tell you something? You don't know me very well because I haven't been to a lot of house parties. I can think of something very specific. I can too, actually, now that I've now that I've placed and we were all there. Now I remember and uh-huh. we won't talk about it here, but I do remember a situation. That is it, a horror movie logic thing. All right. Fair enough. What are you going to do? They were going to bang one out. Just go up to the room. Mm-hmm. Just go up to the room. So what while, are you doing? While everybody is heating up for their uh, sex capades. Yeah. We cut to the bar and Ginny has an explanation to the guys on she's doing the child psychology thing about Jason and trying a, to explain because his, she's going to college for child psychology uh-huh, grad school. It's such a smart movie. Mm-hmm. And it explains like where she gets the skill set to do what she does later. So Ginny and Paul head back to the camp during this time. Kids are getting massacred. You know, Mark and Vicky. Wait, we hang on. Yes. Sorry, you've got to go back to. Vicky getting mm. you. Sorry, I cut in. Yeah, you were talking about her prepping. What prep work does she have to do? Oh. If either one of you want to take this, she oh. she making herself look cute. She's is she? She gets some really bad underpants. She takes off a thin long sleeve shirt to put on that thick, itchy sweater. Mm-hmm. Itchy sweater. She sprays perfume on her. What are we doing? To be fair, what that perfume is being caught by her pubis beard. You know, wardrobe wise, it's it's 1980. I don't know. The silk brown panties. It's 1980. I don't I don't think there was that many like thong cut undies. No, no, back it's, then. it's not the cut of the underwear. I love the cut I'm, of her jib. I'm all I'm fine with a full butted panty. That's not the problem. What I'm saying is the color. Do we have to just do a a, a chocolate brown? Yeah, it was. What is it? I didn't like it. Next, we get the best kill in the entire series. No, not the best. Machete to the face of Mark. Roll down the stairs. I do feel in the so rain. bad for these kids because Mark, Mark does and, not get it. They neither one of them. They don't get. They don't get the F. No, you know? they don't even really get to. She, they kiss maybe once. Mm-hmm. That's it. And might I say that's kind of what makes this a good horror film. This and the first film are the only ones attempting to to actually be kind of scary. And this is the only one that kind of succeeds at that. There is some. We haven't gotten there yet. There, there's some scary Jason moments that kind of. Being younger, I remember being like, ooh, not scared, but ooh, that's that's something. Mm-hmm. Next, we get Spear in the Bed, the Bay of Blood Kill. Mm-hmm. Would you like to talk about what they shot and what was not shown? So our uh, actress in this scene, apparently they shot a full nude scene of her unknowingly uh, did not realize that she was 16. I don't know how you get that far into production and someone taking their clothes off and nobody has confirmed a driver's license. I mean, even for the 80s, she shows up to an audition and I mean, it's 1980. So, I mean, 16 looks like 40. Anyways, they do the Bay of Blood sensors, chop it up considerably. So it's really just the spearhead and blood dripping down. It's it's a little disappointing. You see her reaction of realizing there's someone in the room and then it goes up and yeah, you don't actually see any penetration. Yeah. And maybe that's why I like the Mark kill so much is because it's the only one you actually get to see anything and it looks really good. And I think dumping the body down the stairs in the wheelchair, like it just looks great, especially in the rain. It's so mean. It's very mean. 
So at this point, Ginny and Paul come back and they're like, oh, the kids played a prank. Well, they wouldn't do something like this. Blood in the sheets. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Quickly to talk about it. Vicky also discovers her friends that have have been killed up in the bedroom. And one of my favorite Jason moments in the film where he hides under the sheet and she goes up walking towards the bed. He jumps out of the covers, attacks her. With that a knife. is something that I like about this movie, too, is Jason is very much like Michael Myers in that he's doing my, weird Michael shit. Myers from the first film. He, whenever he's playing, like with he's bodies. a trickster. Yeah, it, it's like he does these things to entertain himself. Like, there's no reason for him to lie in that bed with those two naked teenagers. No. Except that it's like, this is going to be a good scare because somebody at some point is going to come in here. How long does he wait before he's like, I don't hear a creak on the stairs. Maybe I should get out and kill another kid and come back. Five minutes tops. But do you start, do you make a creak on the floor to encourage yes, someone to come absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have unending patience. I will wait days. I hope you never become a killer because that... That's scary. <laughs> That's intense. If it's if it's it's a good gag, I'll see it through to the end. You know, you do your Can due I? diligence on that. That's good. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I do like the him popping up from the bed and then the slash on her leg. Vicky was gonna bite it no matter what because he nicked an artery. Girl was done. Yeah, it, it's. And it's a I pretty think good gore scene, too, for something that's so cut up. We, we watched mm -hmm. it on HBO, and I think it is the HD scan of the 4K that Shout Factory released, like, what, two years ago? Yeah. In that box set? Because you could really see it. It was pretty it was well lit. Like, oh, you yeah. see her legs spurt. And you also see Jeff with him uh, tangled up in the back. Before, you couldn't really make out a lot of that stuff. His body looks pretty gnarly. Yeah, those, those original, like, VHS and DVDs of Friday the 13th, part two, Specifically, they're pretty dark and muddy. Jenny and Paul have came back, find out what's going on. They run into Jason. We don't really know what happens to him for a while. And then he seems to get, I don't. He gets bonked and he's gets down. gets bonked and knocked out. <laughs> and like, he's just like absent for about 10 minutes or yeah. so. Jenny is the only final girl that I can think of that is calculating, that is deducing the situation. She is taking into a, she's taking all the information and she's making choices. She's being very concise, direct. She's just, she's doing a great job. She's the best. She's the best. All through this, she's calling things like, this is off. They wouldn't do this. They wouldn't joke about this. They wouldn't leave the lights on. They wouldn't. And then she's like, there's someone in here. She's right about everything. Quick question. You put Ginny in any final girl situation. Do we think she makes it? Yeah. Yeah, I like, do. Do you, you think like she has a better chance than Nancy against Freddie? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, and I love Nancy, but yeah, absolutely. She's more intelligent. She's she's very she just has a worldly sense, you know? You think she beats Michael? Yeah, yes. I do. Obviously, she beats Leatherface. I think she could beat. Yeah, I think she could beat Bruce. She could beat the shark. She could beat the shark. She could do anything. <laughs> she would make a canoe out of. So I don't know. She's amazing. <laughs> she would talk to the shark. Why are you eating people? Which this all leads to being back in the shack of Jason's living quarters. Back Can in. we we go over a few of the set pieces? Oh, yes. that, go ahead. So she does pull out the chainsaw to use against him. It gets jammed up on a wall. He's very scared of it. It's a really good scene. You it's one also, of the only times he reacts. Yes. You also get the car. Oh, there is a wonderful sequence. It's right at the very beginning when he attacks. She runs to the bathroom after Paul goes down and she's holding the door. And it's really good because it's it's so smart. It's not like, 
her trying to bar the door, lock the door. She's like biding her time, holding it with one arm, trying to get the window up. And then she fully commits to the window. And at that point, Jason has gone around in through the window. It's a really good scare scene. Like something else that all the things that she, sorry, all the things she's going through in her head, I can't make any squeaks of the floor or the door because he's going to know I'm releasing pressure and I'm not holding it. So she's like, okay, I've got to do this gently. And then, okay, should I shut the window because it's cracked a little bit? Or do I just go out the window? She's calculating. So she goes to the car. It doesn't start. But it's explained in the movie why it doesn't start. You get a nice like pop up of Jason's face. So good. Him popping up is such there are so many things that happen so quickly during this sequence. They're well done kind of jump scare. things. Yeah. So you appreciate the craft. Yes. He does the Michael Myers thing of attacking the car. She gets out. You have a sequence where she makes her way back to the cabins and hides under the bed. A rat comes. And at this point, she's just worn out. So she pisses herself. Mm -hmm. And Jason sees that and acts like he sneaks out of the cabin, but he actually standing on a a chair was just that breaks. Mm -hmm. He's he's sleeping in this little shack. He doesn't have a proper mattress. There's no box spring. His body sounds like a haunted house. Mm -hmm. It's creaking and cracking every you know, it is. Him getting up on that chair is the most unbelievable thing in this without her knowing about it. Well, the him falling, though, is pretty believable. It is. I, I can't imagine. That. No, yeah. I do, too. I can't I, imagine his equilibrium's good. I mean, half his face is melted. I think it's really that scene's really. I mean, it's really I, funny I do because like, it a like in a lot of these movies, it's like killers don't do anything wrong until they finally. Unless do. you're ghost face. And, yeah. Yeah. But like here, it's like that was an idiot move and he. He paid he for it. In. And that's what's kind of great about this is <laughs> that Jason is very human mm-hmm. in this movie. Him being scared of the chainsaw, him falling Just on his ass. Hillbilly yeah. rage. <laughs> it's awesome. It is. So you get these wonderful scenes of him sprinting after. And like Nolan was setting up, we get to his cabin. Yes. Which. Love the shot. It is my favorite shot in the whole film. Probably one of my favorite shots in the whole series. When she first gets to the cabin. The camera just lingers there and you see him there's out the window. There's a tiny little sliver. I wouldn't call it a window, but there's like a, a hole in his wall. You see him <laughs> dead sprint mm-hmm. towards the house and then like, boom, he's there. Like it is so effective and good because in so many of these movies. They're just there. They're, they're just there. It's magic. It's I mean, really, it's just this version of Jason and Leatherface in the original film actually put the work in. They put the cardio in. Mm -hmm. You see it. They're worn out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're pumping. Blood's rushing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Michael Myers, he's just... And what's scarier? (laughs) Some massive dude running at you with a weapon or someone who just appears like a Dracula. If you've ever played any of the Resident Evil games, you know that it's someone really big running at you. It's so scary. Yes. And it'll never not be scary. Dr. Salvador's... We get this final confrontation. Jenny, uh, as Stacy mentioned earlier, uses her knowledge and becomes mother. And she tricks Jason. It works pretty well. What do you, I can't remember what happens so, after she so she puts after the she goes through on. that. Yes, it's all done, Jason. You've done your job well, and mommy is pleased. Mommy has a reward for you. 
her one mistake is she kind of pivots a little bit and that's he right. catches he sees it. the head. He's that's like, right. That's my mom. And then as uh things go bad, Paul randomly He's finally alive. shows back Paul's up. Back. Mm-hmm. He helps out the situation. He doesn't really do that much. He's hey, an another body. He's yeah, an obstacle. He, he's like a couch and scream. That happens. Um, Jenny is able to let Jason have it with the machete she was using as her weapon. <laughs> and she uh, gives him a nice slice right in like the crease of the neck and shoulder. So a little trivia on this. When they first did this, he moved his hand on the, uh, the pickaxe. And she actually, because it was a real machete, sliced his finger. So he was going in in full makeup as Jason had to get 13 stitches in his finger. And then they went back and filmed it again. Damn. The series does this for a while. The slow-mo ending Mm -hmm. Jason violence. You got to get rid of this. I I, I don't mind it in this movie. I think it's such an improvement over the first film. I would agree with that. But I just just most often prefer it to not be there. I'm with you. We we have this. Oh, I agree. I like this is much better than the final kill of the first film. Yes, so. I, I prefer a medium wide. There you go. With no cuts. That's sweet. Golden that's spot. that's my favorite sort of action. Yeah, sure. Well, we get what we get and uh, don't throw a fit. It's a it's a good rip. You know, after this happens, then we cut to the controversial, I guess, because for me, this is real. Well, uh, t- <laughs> according to the timeline, it's real. See, I, I'm the one that says this isn't real, but Same. you're right, Nolan. <laughs> See, I thought all the sequences in the movies for the end up until like number six, I feel like they're all dream sequences. Yeah, man, I think that's fair. But what we get here, Muffin didn't die. Dog lives. Jason re-returns. Bust through window. It seems like everything's happy. You know, we get the the music and everything. Well, there's this tense moment where they hear some something, something on the yeah. porch. They're like, what is it? And that's when they open the door. It's just muffin. Just muffin. Uh-huh. Everything's good. But uh, yeah, so then we get Jason um, busting through the window. Uh, another slow motion shot. And it's very, uh, I don't know, Stacey, it. I don't know if I can talk about I, this. I feel like. I feel like. <laughs> I, I feel like, talk about it. I feel like the first two movies. <laughs> They try so hard to capture that ending of the first film. It was such a shock for audiences in the same breath as like the ending to Carrie. Do you? Mm -hmm. Sorry, this is random and I know I'm I'm interrupting you. Do you remember the first time you saw the first Friday the 13th? Because I do remember the first time I saw that kill and my brother, he was staring at me like, She's going to jump real hard. I had seen some and of the did, sequels be before I saw the first one. Mm-hmm. It's just because that's how they played on cable. Um, yeah, I'm I think, pretty sure I was the same way. I think eight played oh, the most on cable. I'm sure I did too, up. but I didn't know what the ending uh-huh. of the first film was. Sure. So, so I, I think I watched the first film a little later. Like, uh, honestly, it was probably after Scream came out. So it was like 96 ish. Yeah. But I think they played it on Spike TV or one of the one cable of, networks. They're like, play, we're going to do yeah. all of them. And I remember airing on like USA, like up all night back in the day. Yeah. And it always felt like this forbidden thing. And you see the intro with the the point of view of Mrs. Voorhees coming up and seeing the kids banging like that first kill. And I was like, oh, my God, this is naughty because they're they're having sex. They're having sex and they're going to die because of it. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, my goodness. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, I was just curious if you guys remember, because I do remember the first time where I had no knowledge of what was coming and I was like, oh, that's pretty the coolest part of the movie for me. 
I feel like the first two sequels, uh, they're very much trying to cash in on that surprise ending of the first film to, to varying degrees. I, I don't mind it in this one. In three, it's a little sillier with the mom coming back from the lake and Jason in the house at the end. It's goofy. It, it's a little goofy. It, it doesn't fit as well. But uh, yeah, I, I like this. I, I think his look hmm. is is questionable, but they also didn't know <laughs> what they were going to do with the series. I mean, you have to think the original plan was it was probably like with Halloween where it's like, OK, here's our part two. We're going to finish the story. We'll close and I'm it doing out. finger quotes on that. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to move on to our anthology because, um, you know, we we built so much interest in this Jason character in the first movie. Like, let's just go ahead and show him and then we'll be done with it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think also the way the ending could be a dream, it could be real. That lens, they can do whatever they want. In the yeah. Next one. yeah, for sure. Uh, all we do know for sure is Jenny lives. What what without any any suggestions or people's readings? What what do we think happened to Paul? I assume that he died. Yeah, I. I think he dies. If he was alive, wouldn't he either? We would see him on a stretcher. There would be two ambulances there. Mm-hmm. There would be something else. The The movies don't hold anything back in that regard. Mm-hmm. So I I feel like Paul's dead at the end of two. I like to think that he died with muffin in his hands. Also. Dead. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that one machete got him both. Mm-hmm. OK, well. Double death. Okay. Is that how you want to go out? Yeah. Just but holding a cute dog. Holding the thing and one thing I love in this life. <laughs> you know, given the nature of these sequels, like Ginny doesn't have a chance to come back like Alice does. Uh, mm-hmm. There's there's no closure there because, you know, part three takes place the next day mm-hmm. and part four takes place the, the day next, after. Yeah, the right? next, next day. So, you know, you got your Saturday, Sunday, I guess, planned out. Hell of a weekend. It is. Isn't it wild that they haven't done another one that they haven't done another reboot, but that they haven't brought her back because there's been such a push mm. to That's a good have yeah. reboots with original some original cast that members. It has been a thing. So, I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen just because I honestly feel like if we get anything from this series, like another film, I think it's going to be another rehash, which I think was better than most of the other reboots. I this is eventually we'll cover that film. I l- really enjoy the reboot. I like that film a lot. I think it's really Same. funny. There's it, a couple of lines that I think about often that make me laugh. I've only seen it one time and I, I remember I mean, I remember at least thinking it was okay and probably better than a good amount of the sequels that's, to the series. Yeah, so. I think that's the thing is I'm not super precious about any of these. I really love the series, but it's not my favorite of the horror franchise. So I think my sweet point on the series is two through six. Yeah. I like all those movies. Yeah. They're really fun. Mm-hmm. That's Friday the 13th part two. Yeah. So what works for me in this movie, because this is my favorite Friday. Now I find it to be very equal to part four as far as quality goes. It's just, there's different things you know that I like. What I like about this one is I think it's got the best cast of kids all around. And I think that's strengthened by how good of a protagonist Ginny is. Paul, he's a very good hunk guy. He's a solid, yeah. I love the pacing. I love how tight and contained it is. I think the script is pretty decent. Miner is such a better director than Cunningham. It's such an improvement. And I kind of, 
I love it because of the pop culture-ness of it, but I kind of wonder what he could have done with three if he wasn't confined to the 3D cameras. Mm. Yeah. I really enjoy three, but I don't disagree with I think that. It's a fair point. The, the yeah. setups are not as interesting. I, I like three too, but it's not as visually interesting to me in the direction as two is. I think two does a little bit more with camera movement, with editing, even in this butchered MPAA bullshit state. I think it's a sharper movie than three is. And I think a lot of it is due to his eye. And to your point, the having the 3D tie in where you have to have those shots of something going towards the Mm -hmm. camera for it to work. Well, and since you're using two cameras, like you can't really do that much movement. It's not as dynamic. Yeah. Really, the biggest like weak point of this film for me is just Jason himself. I love the physicality, but they don't have he's not iconic. Mm -hmm. It takes Jason a little bit longer than our other slashers to become an icon. It does. There's yeah. a lot of, he's got to try on a lot of different You don't get it before. until the end of three. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it's like, okay, this fits. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Jason and, and three, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, this is a solid one. Um, It's definitely in my top three of the series. Number four is my favorite. This is a solid entry in the series. No. Yeah, I toggle between three, four, and two. I, I really, I love these films. Categories. I'll start today. All right. <laughs> Noni's got something on his mind. He's ready to, he's coming with fire. <laughs> it's nothing really great, guys. I don't, I don't know. I just, I just felt like uh, just getting in there, I guess. Uh, my high is Mark's death. As Stacy mentioned, it's the, the best uh, death scene in this movie. It just looks really good. And I feel bad for the guy, but uh, it's, it's brutal. Not too so. many cool kills. Yeah. Do you actually feel bad for the victim? I don't I do. know if that's true. I, I do guys, feel bad for him because I, I think like we talked about yeah. earlier, like none of the, the kids do anything that like root for them to die here. No, no, no. They're all uh, likable. You're rooting here for, for Mark and Vicky to get that hookup, you know? So he could have at least waited five that's minutes. That's true. But. So yeah, he didn't even, yeah, he didn't, he didn't even get his nut, you know? So <laughs> sorry, Mark. My low point is obviously crazy Ralph's death. You don't you don't kill someone that's so important to your franchise here so early. And uh, it was a brutal mistake. And uh, can I ask you something? Mm-hmm. Do you think that the lack of crazy Ralph is why the series has been seeing diminishing returns oh, oh. for every single entry? There's no doubt about it. You don't it. even have to dignify that mm-hmm. with a response. You, I, you think that crazy Ralph, that's what made that original gross 40 million. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. What are kids quoting when they leave that theater? It's a death curse. Boom. <laughs> so R.I.P. Ralph, uh, the series, you know, they managed, but not in my eyes. Nolan, you're tasked with writing the script for the new Friday the 13th. Mm, yeah. Do you recast Ralph? I mean, oh, do you put a new Ralph in there? Do you do like his son or his? That's a that's an interesting point right there. You you find you've got to find out if he's got some living relatives and if he does, can they act or at least just say it's a death curse? You want it to be a living descendant no, of the I, actual I, actor. I need I legacy. just meant that you were going <laughs> to. Yeah, I, I thought like, who I are you going to cast as Crazy Ralph? But you're like, no. I'm going to the source. It's Ralph Jr. Uh, <laughs> and that's. <laughs> okay, who's going to play Ralph Jr.? No, you don't understand. It is Ralph it, Jr. It's that actor. That's right. <laughs> it's his son. Bring yeah, him to me. Brilliant. Yes. If you only had a daughter, you better chop that hair and bring uh, yeah. her forth. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 And that's how you get a sleepaway camp. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh, 
my make them laugh moment. Let's just say Jason's face with no sack on. And I'm going to leave it at that. I think you should. Uh, my high point is Janae. I think she's the best final girl. Jenny with the G. Mm-hmm. My my low point, I guess, would be just the the Jason design. You know what? No, fuck that. My low point is the MPAA. Mm. Like, fuck them and their crusade on all of these wonderful like horror films. Like, this is a studio film, but it was still made with no budget but passion. And that's something all these films, there is artistry in the makeup. There's artistry in the lighting, artistry in the direction. I don't understand why Hollywood is okay with Sonny Corleone getting like a hundred bullets into his body and watching it in graphic detail in broad daylight, but we can't show someone get a spear through him. Fuck the MPA. Fuck all those critics at the time that are just calling these movies degenerate trash. Let's clutch our pearls. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking stupid, and it's really disappointing that this country's moving into a spot that's getting back to that. This or goddamn worse. Puritan bullshit. Give me gore. Give me TNA. I want to see some awesome stuff that I don't see in my day to day life. Some mm-hmm. escapism, please. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. It's the fucking movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck you, MPAA. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Do you have a make them laugh? My make them laugh. Ooh. You know what? I'm going to go with that quick cut of that dog. Hmm at uh, muffins at Jason's feet and then quick cut to hot dogs. That's pretty That's pretty cute. It's cheeky. Mm-hmm. The thing that bothers me the most in this film, there's two things. Those brown silk panties mm. and Alice sleeping in a turtleneck. Very unbelievable. You would never do it. I think the brown silk panties are tactical. No. Nope. I think they're going to be in the woods. A lot of outhouse, probably a lot of one ply. No. Nope. My high is... I'm going to say the shot of Jason running through that little slit, the full speed ahead. A second to that would be him popping up in the bed because it it is very Michael Myers. <laughs> it's weird. so weird. It's weird. And say what you will about the David Gordon Green. I do like that in those films that Michael does weird shit. I love when Jason does weird shit. I do like Jason in this, but it's just, yeah, he's not there yet. He's still cooking. My make him laugh. I had the hot dog cut too. It's so, <laughs> it's so funny love a good cheeky edit i have a question for nolan you were a camp kid camp's like what a week long yeah Mm -hmm. did you go number two at camp there were camps that i didn't for a full week yeah i'm wanting to say that's true because i was so So you would have benefited from some brown undies yeah that's true when you're in high school well middle school this one younger yeah when you're in middle school teenage boys really suck i saw some very bad things happen at camp that I'm not going to go into detail here. I will say I never showered at camp. There were years I did go number two, but there was one year I did not for a whole week. Bubble guts. Yeah. Uncomfortable pain. Did you feel good the whole time? No. It was a bad week. <laughs> uh, did I want to go to camp? No, I, I don't. I didn't want to. Did even, you get forced? Probably. Well, I had friends that went like they talked. It wasn't just like my parents were like, you're going. Well, but like. Also, pressure. I think it's great. I mean, kids out of the house for a week. Bang city. I'm sure my parents were (laughs) psyched that I. Well, they still had my sisters there. Camp camp was not not a good time. A dark period for a young Noni. Now, luckily for me, I was someone that didn't get picked on. But I'm just saying I saw things that happened that weren't great. This is you're describing it like a hellraiser. It's Lord of the Flies. Like, I don't care who had the con. Okay. 
There was a kid in our class. I'm just, you said that. <laughs> That's you right now. And, uh, Not the sound effect I meant to play. I liked it though. And okay, so he was someone who had issues and he came to camp with one pair of underwear. A kid in my grade gave him a, a wedgie no. with that underwear where he was hung on the post of a dorm bed and he dumped in those undies. Oh. He had to wear those undies. Poor. This is like I sad. Yeah, is, I don't like this it. This is like how the I, burning starts. Like I'm so told, sad and too like much. It's like fucking child abuse. It's I told you guys. Yeah, well, you didn't do it. I didn't do it, but I was like, look, there's messed up stuff that happens at camp. When you put like a whole group of boys Did, together. You saw it though. Yeah, I saw it. Did you fucking laugh? I'm sure I did because I was an awful person. Was? I'm an awful person. I'm glad I didn't go to camp. Mm -hmm. That sounds like yeah, same. shit. I know girls aren't. Girls are evil and awful in a totally different mm -hmm. way. It's not as physical, but it is psychological and it sucks. Mm -hmm. So, no. Mm -hmm. It's okay, no. Another kid? Like, <laughs> no. No, no I'm we're just, done. I didn't do anything to it, but I like, this is also why I didn't shower, but like, there was one of the kids that was taking a shower, had a small weenus, and <laughs> like a group of the kids just like point and start laughing at him. And they're like, <laughs> they say his name and did this to him. Like little, the whole, little fingers? Yeah, like the whole time, the whole week. And that's how a serial killer is born. Mm -hmm. the, you just, two origin stories. Okay, so as uh, we started on last week's episode, and we're continuing it here. We're doing another pairing with the film today. Stacy, do you want to start us off with your pairing for Friday the 13th Part 2? I'm going to go with something very obvious. It seems many of the kills in this film are inspired by Bay of Blood. So that is what I'm picking. Bay of Blood is a very silly, dumb movie, but it's shot really well. And it's got wonderful wonderful effects by Carlos Rambaldi. The spear kill in it is fantastic. The machete Gnarly. to the face is awesome. Yeah. It, it's got a lot of cool stuff in it. So that would be my pairing. Brilliant Bava direction. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I didn't know what to do, what to pick here, because I, I like to be more clever and I'm not going to be clever here. That's all right. But I'm just picking uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre directed by Toby Hooper. I thought about things like uh, the burning and I thought about I don't know, Scream or something like that. But just like Texas Chainsaw, I'm picking it because it has my personal favorite uh, final girl in Sally. Obviously, wonderful movie directed by the great Toby Hooper. R.I.P. There you go. And you're a Franklin Mark. I yeah, absolutely. That has one of my favorite kills in a movie ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sliding door. Mm -hmm. So yep. good. also not being clever at all and because of how much I love Jenny as a final girl, I'm going to suggest pairing this with 2015's The Final Girls. Nice. And it's a really fun um, kind of meta horror film. It's clever, great use of Kim Carney's Betty but, Davis yeah. eyes. But I love this film. I always enjoy watching it. It's really fun. It's really sweet. And the cast is great. So, yeah, I would highly recommend if you've never seen it or if you've seen it before, watch it again. And finally, Melanie, do we have an MFK this week? You know we do. All right. I must ask you, if you're ready, Mary Fuck Kill, Paul, Crazy Ralph, Jason, but it's specifically Jason at the end. No, no bag. Oh, man. No bag head. Mm. Not the town that dreaded sundown. Okay. Wow. Uh, I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to marry Paul. Okay. We're going to run that camp 
real well. You're not going to move it away from Camp Blood? No. Okay. You're not scared. I ain't scared. Okay. I'm going to. Man, this is really hard. Yeah. Because. It's going to be hard, too. Uh huh. (laughs) Right. So here's my thinking. I think that this is the only iteration of Jason that I have a chance at killing. Good point. But. You know, Ralph needs to die, too. Uh, fuck. I'm going to fuck Jason. I'm going to murder Ralph. Maybe maybe I can tame Jason with my love. You're effing Jason? Passion of my loins. Okay. Oh. All right. Uh, I'll go next. I'm effing Paul. He's cute. He's good. Whatever. Marrying Ralph, obviously. Killing Jason. Ralph and I will take over his uh, shack. It will be our love shack. You're going to get a house. You're just going to take yeah, it. Yeah, okay. that shack's ours. No, that's fair. We're going to live real nice there. That toilet don't have no seat. We live off the land, sir. You aren't making it a day. <laughs> this is you our life. You just told us how you couldn't poop for a week at well, camp. I don't know that you're going to. All I know is Ralph's there and I feel comfortable with him. That's a good point. And we will enjoy each other's company. And we will also uh, warn every teenager that stops by till the end of our relationship that. Do you wait? Because we will die together when zombie Jason comes back. I thought that there was going to be you had already mapped out that obviously there is going to be an issue or since Mm -hmm. he is significantly older than you, he's going to pass. before. So no, I I think we're going to we're going to die at the the same time holding the thing you love most yeah. mm-hmm. his penis or a dog yeah. i don't know well i think we both know which one that is and as uh, anyway before that happens though we will warn every kid that comes through that uh there is a death curse they may think jason's dead because we killed him but he will come back and he will kill them and kill us i'm going to marry paul i'm going to kill jason mm mm-hmm. mhm and I guess I'm going to fuck Ralph. Yes. I, I don't, I feel like having sex with Jason would be a crime. Mm. I feel like you cannot take advantage of a person in that state. And mm. I feel like it is not okay. But I'm not judging, you know, mm-hmm. whatever anybody picks. That's your, that's you and God or whatever <laughs> you believe in. <laughs> According to the timeline, mm-hmm. doesn't he get frisky with Chris before? Accurate. Part two. He certainly does. So I don't think you're punching his V card. Well, but I, I just can't. I, I'm i not capable. I wouldn't be able to perform. Mm-hmm. What if Sorry. the bag was on the head? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. That does something. The breath would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be the biggest hurdle is just smells. Because and you that's, know that he hasn't cleaned. No. I love that you think that Ralph is a better situation oh, hygiene wise. I do. I do think so. He Ralph at least goes nice. into town. He dress, he's got a little vet. He's he dress, he's a sharp little dresser. I don't know. I think he I bet he smells like brute. Mm, like yeah. old school. The some brute, maybe some like really old that old spice that used to come in that the weird, glass yeah. where you mm-hmm. like dabbed it out, That's the aftershave. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he smells mm-hmm. like strong musk. Yeah. Like a man. He's biking around in the middle of summer and is like Sunday nines. Like yeah. he smells like balls. Eh. Again, I'd, it would be better than Jason at the very least. Uh, and uh, if that's my choices. I think yeah. Ralph's got the rock crotch. Sorry. That's your opinion, you know? Whatever. Ralph rules. We'll be back in another week with another spooky episode for you. Uh, until then, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts at Cinema Parlor. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Cinema Parlor and Instagram. You can find me personally on Letterboxd at Chuck Madden Jr., all lowercase.
Best Glover 84 on Letterboxd. Plastic Werewolf on all social media. All right. Rate us, review us if you would. We'll read them on air uh, or just give us some love. And if not, that's okay. But uh, if you do, we'll love you back. Until then, enjoy some fall weather and some horror movies. And we will see you soon, my lovelies. Oh, 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 oh. I don't want to scare anyone. But I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And if you listen to the old timers in town, they'll tell you he's still out there. Some sort of demented creature. Surviving in the wilderness. Full grown by now. Stalking. Stealing what he needs. Living off wild animals and vegetation. Some folks claim they've even seen him in this area. The girl who survived that night at Camp Blood, that Friday the 13th, she claimed she saw him. She disappeared two months later. Vanished. Blood was everywhere. No one knows what happened to her. Legend has it that Jason saw his mother beheaded that night, and he took his revenge. A revenge that he'll continue to seek if anyone ever enters his wilderness again. And by now, I guess you all know, we're the first to return here. Five years, five long years he's been dormant. And he's hungry. Jason's out there. Watching. Always on the prowl for intruders. Ready to kill. Ready to devour. Thirsty for young. <laughs>